Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back, guys. So I was fired up this week. We released an episode last week, and with that, I introduced the 30 day challenge. And so there's a guy that emailed me on an email address that I don't use publicly. So this guy had to have got it from the, the podcast and it's uh, the Christian dad podcast at gmail.com. And what he said was, Hey man, love the podcast. I'm not on Facebook. I've been banned for my political beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. Glad, glad you stand for something. And his name was John and John says, I'd love to jump into the 30 day challenge. Can you shoot it to me? So thank you, John. That really encouraged me. I love getting feedback from people. And uh, yeah, that shocked the heck out of me. Thursday morning when I wake up and you'd already emailed, you know, right after the show went live. So thank you, John. And uh, thanks for sharing the podcast with your, with your buddies. And thanks for jumping into the challenge, even though nobody's going to see you on social media since you're not there. So, all right, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Today we have Jeff Forrester with us. Jeff, I'm so excited to get to talk to you for one, because all we've been able to do is Facebook message. So Jeff and I have known each other about a year and I know all kinds of stuff about Jeff that may or may not be true. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't go back and do a ton of biography type resume research or anything on Jeff. I know that he's, he's got a great wife. He's got two children, one teenager, one, uh, not quite a teenager, but almost there. I know that Jeff is into uh, staying in shape, know that he's into some extreme type things. And then also he's into podcasting and he's got some great relationships with some leveled up guys. So, and massive Christ follower on top of that. So there's your intro, Jeff, take it, take it as you will. And uh, welcome to the journey of a Christian dad podcast. I love it. Thank you, Dan. And it's, it's been, like we said, right before we started recording, it's really neat that we have an opportunity to connect nowadays. And everybody typically rolls their eyes when they talk about social media and all the, the negativity that surrounds it. But technology, I know, and during the last two years has brought me closer to so many men and like-minded people that I never would have encountered before. So looking at the silver lining is just the community that technology and social media can provide when used correctly in a positive way is powerful. So I'm appreciative of, of our relationship and our friendship. And I know it's been just all ones and zeros and distance, but it, it's a relationship and a friendship nonetheless. And, and again, like you said, it's just, you know, sharing our thoughts and beliefs and prayers and in groups and, um, you know, our love for Christ is just so powerful that it's encouraging for me. So I'm excited to talk to you today as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we've messaged and everything. We've tried to set up some calls and it's just never quite come together. And I'm like, Hey, you want to record a podcast? <laughs> like that'll be our first like real yeah. interaction. So, so guys, like you said, social media, you can build some great relationships with people around the world. And I love having relationships with guys like you where, you know, a little bit leveled up, a little bit pushing the edge challenges me to always do better. Yeah. Cause if, if you think about it before, 
is without the encouragement of people around us that are a little bit more leveled up or just like-minded that you get isolated and men tend to isolate themselves even more. And then dads even more than that, because they, within them, their own, at least for me, I put the weight of my whole family on my shoulders and everything's about them and nothing's about me. And by meeting people and expanding that and having friendships, it's just so incredibly powerful that I don't know how I would have gotten through the last couple of years without having a community of you know like-minded men around me. Wow. So what was it like prior to the last, uh, how, yeah. how long you've been building your community of guys and, and that type of thing? For me, and, and I feel like in talking to a lot of people over the last few years, it was work relationships mm -hmm. or kids' parents. So yes. you ended up having friends that you, you almost felt compelled to be friends with, whether you aligned with them spiritually or just mentally or whatever, because your kids liked each other. And it happens, right? I mean, that, that's one of those things. But And I have really good relationships that way. What I didn't have were relationships around, you know, we'll use Christ as an example, around Christ. I mean, it was just kind of like that, you know, coming together with a group of guys that that's what they want to study. That's what they want to learn more about and grow that relationship. And then pouring into each other is so powerful that I didn't have before because I didn't know how to really look for it. I mean, you would go, I would go to a men's class on Thursday mornings, which was fantastic. I mean, it, it enriched me so much. The And I was about to say, but, but it's not a but. The, the majority were men much my senior, like, you know, in their sixties yes. and seventies that are retired and that's where they go. And that was really important for me because I look up to them and the, the knowledge that they have around the scriptures and around life. And then them also in their seventies, sharing the mistakes that they made and their, their walk and their, their stories about how they strengthened their relationship with God was incredibly helpful because here I am and they're 20, 30 years older than me sharing some of the same things that I'm going through now. So it gave me an opportunity to reach out. Now, what's happened since then is meeting people like yourself that we're all in the same age group. And it's like, it's a peer group versus a mentor group. And I, there's a, a clear difference where we can lock arms going, I'm going through that right now, or I went through that last week, or I haven't gone through that yet. And Dan's going through it right now. And so I need to support him, encourage him and make sure that if I ever have something, I know who to go to. So it was a, it's a difference. They're both very important and very powerful. It's just different. And I didn't have the peer group. And I thought just the other day, and I really was overwhelmed emotionally with joy of the people that are around me that pour into me that are Christ focused, because it just keeps encouraging me to push my relationship and get stronger and stay present with my current relationship. So it's just been a wild, fun journey to get to the point where I am today. And it wouldn't have been without the community of people around me. Can you talk a little bit more about the community of people around you and you wouldn't be where you are today? Give us some people or examples or sure, like, sure. like as you put your steps down. Yep. 
Yeah. So the, one of the groups that I have, I'm in two regular groups and I was in a third, but the, the one that I'll talk about, it started before COVID. It was February of 2020. It all stemmed from social media. So a, a gentleman that I follow, Chad Wright, I don't know if you follow yeah, him. I know and Chad. It's the yeah. three oh, I don't know him, know him, know him, but yeah, I know of him. A friend yeah, of mine so, just went and journeyed Everest with him this week. Yeah. 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 I'm doing Vermont in October. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, a little bit easier, I think. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> 29,000, 29 feet is still 29,000, 29 feet. So in Vermont? Yeah. So it's 17 laps up and down the uh- Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. No, they were, they were actually Everest. I believe oh, they actually did. Everest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um, person I knew didn't, wasn't able to complete it because of, but yeah. Yeah. So this group started in February, it stemmed from again, people connecting because we listened to his podcast. We followed him, just started putting pieces together. Some were guests that he had on the show that then I reached out to and became friends, you know, started following on Instagram, but then built a relationship with them. And so it kind of pieced together and we were talking about doing a book club. And so a gentleman talked, he was introducing me to a book called Walking with God by John Eldridge. John Eldridge, yeah. Fantastic book. And so we were just bouncing ideas and we were like, we should have a book club. I wonder if we can get anybody to hop in even and and we'll just see. So we started reaching out to a couple people. And then I think the initial group was like five or six that we started and we decided, okay, let's meet on Wednesday night, 845. And then that helps with time zones. If there's any time zone differences. And we started going through the book and that was at the beginning of last year. And most of us have not missed well, we've all missed a Wednesday night here or there, but as yeah, a yeah. collective group, we haven't missed a Wednesday night since then. And it's moved from books, you know, we finished walking with God and we go back and forth and we, you know, have discussions and, you know, we also pray for each other and we may talk about, you know, what's going on right now. And then we moved into several months ago of now we're just doing Bible studies because we were like, what book do we do next? And we're, we're going why don't we do the Bible? That's kind of like <laughs> the most important book. And so we've been picking different books that we don't normally, at least I've never normally studied. And, and I'm relatively, I'm, I'm a lifelong Christian. I was raised in a yeah. Christian home, but I never really got into studying and really dedicating to reading scripture, but about three years ago. So I would consider myself relatively new, even though I know the stories from Sunday school growing up, I'd never really studied the Bible. So we did first, second, and third John, we've done James, we've done all the uh, first and second Peter, and then now we're on Galatians. So we're, we're jumping around in these different books that we don't normally go through, but it's so edifying to have deep conversations about, okay, and we're trying not to use commentaries. We're just trying to read scripture and then see what it says to us. And so through that time, just the past year or so, my knowledge has increased. The way I read scripture has changed. And then the way I try to apply it. And so that has 100% come from the community of men that were like-minded. And we're, we all have different levels of knowledge of the scripture. Some of them are, holy smokes, they're just incredible with the wealth of knowledge that they have. You know, through the conversation, it's literally like a, a campfire discussion is, you know, sometimes we're all over the place. We'll start here and then we'll just chase a rabbit and go, 
okay, well, we just got one verse tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, over, which is we, great. Yeah, and that's the thing is we just allow it to happen and we don't get so rigid in how the process is going to go because we're just giving it to the Holy Spirit. We're giving it to God to lead us where he wants. And you can tell when guys have things in their mind that they want to talk about. And we've had people come in the group, leave the group. I mean, there's a consistent core group of us that have stayed in it, but it's just really neat to see how the discussions go and then how the friendships have developed between people that didn't know each other and they're in different states and we get excited. And when, so one of the gentlemen, he's in Canada. So from this relationship, he's planning a trip from Canada and he's going to bounce around and try to hit as many of us as he possibly can. That's me awesome. being the farthest South in Florida. So he's going to work his way down and he wouldn't have done that before. And these are now lifelong friendships that if anybody that's in this group needed one of us and we were able to get to them, we would help at a moment's notice. And that wouldn't have happened before. And it, it, so to me, it's just absolutely incredible. If you just give over to really filtering, like we talked about social media, filtering who you allow in and then what message they're trying to send and make sure that it's in align, alignment with your standard. And then that's the first thing is you have to have a standard. And so all of us, our standard is God first. And we're, none of us are perfect. We all have our challenges. And that's, those are some things that we discuss, again, that just gives you, gives me a sense of relief of like, okay, I'm not a weird person because I'm experiencing this or I'm having these thoughts or I'm challenged by this. And then in the same token is we all celebrate each other's successes and excitement that may happen. We cry together if, you know, if somebody has a tragedy, so I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. So yeah, you mentioned social media and there can be the negativity there and I've unfriended and unfollowed. So when people say that, I'm like, what are you talking about? Not my social media feeds. <laughs> like yeah. you're in a different world than I am as far as that goes for the people that say that about social media. Right now, the issue is ads and the, oh, just different. And I'm like, ah, it's pulling me away from where I'm going and the distraction of it. And, um, you know, the false idols that we have in our life. And I'm like, right now, I feel like I'm being pulled into my phone more than I want to be. It's a necessity. It's a great tool. But right now I've got a little, it's, it's a little bit more involved in my life than I want it to be. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you said that. So one of the things that, that we did is we put time limits for our kids on their phone. Yeah, for our kids, for our kids. Perfect for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Not that's for the me. Point. It, that's the point. So <laughs> I put time limits for me. So now I can ignore it without having to put a password or ask my wife to let me through, but it's a reminder of, holy smokes, it's 10 o'clock and I've already spent 45 minutes on Instagram and Facebook. I'm like, that's not, no, that's not good. And so it just, for me, it gives me an awareness of, okay, I just clicked another 15 minutes and then I just clicked another 15 minutes. Now, what could I, what else could I have done for that 15 minutes? Now, like you said, is I'm playing the algorithm to my benefit. Just like you said, is I try to fill with things that are going to uplift me, things that are going to encourage me, things that are going to help strengthen my walk. And if it's not meeting one of those criteria, it's gone. So when I go in social media, yes, it sucks you in. I'm at least 
seeing things that are helping me be better and walk better. And so, I don't know if I'm just justifying sitting there looking at it, but at least if I'm in it, it's not taking me down a path that I didn't want to be in. And that's where we're all good when we talk about being, you know, increasing our nutrition and in eating better and doing that. How often are we thinking about the nutrition of our mind and our soul? And all the devil wants is just a little crack. And it could be something that, you know, doesn't blatantly look like pornography, but it's mm-hmm. just enough to deviate your thought process for the day or to plant some, mm-hmm. some simple seed that he's going to continue to water and he's mm-hmm. going to continue to try to create that gap bigger. And like, it's only a workout profile. It's only runners. And I've had yes. runners that I've followed. I'm like, I got to unfollow this because the way she's dressed yeah, yeah. is not appropriate. And I know she's got a good message. She's not intending that for that, but I can't do that. I can't allow that into my mind. So I had that, I had that with bodybuilders in general. So there's a mm-hmm. bunch of bodybuilders here in St. Louis. Some of them I'm friends with and then their friend and their friend. Next thing you know, I got a bodybuilding community. Of course, there's females, of course, female bodybuilders aren't wearing very many clothes a lot of time. And yeah, I look back and I'm like, wow, the only thing that's posted are, you know, half naked pictures. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not trying to look at her in that kind of a way. I appreciate, you know, that she does hard stuff all the time, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, every single thing that's posted is something that I don't really want to look at. Yeah. So I, so I unfollowed them all. I unfollowed all of the female bodybuilders profile pages and and their personal pages. Yeah. Fitness is a, that's a dangerous place to, to be. If that is your weakness, like we each have our weaknesses that we know we have, we struggle with. And, and again, this conversation came up in our Wednesday night group where this guy was just, he was, he's big into fitness. He used to be a trainer, all these things. Well, he started realizing his feed were just all these scantily clad women. And his wife was like, what are you looking at? He's like, it's just a fitness profile. And he started to realize it's not just a fitness profile. You know, it's more. And that's when he did the same thing you did. And what I did is you go through and you start deleting and taking that out of the algorithm so you don't see that. So now for me, it's it's Christian stuff, it's food, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, not even really much more workout stuff and like hunting stuff. So it's it's all these things that again, I'm I'm using the algorithm to protect me by what I follow, and that's what people need to realize in their life, not just in social media, is what algorithm are you programming in your life? Like who are you bringing around you and your family on a regular basis? Because it's up to us to protect our family. Yes. And, and it may hurt somebody's feelings that you have to unfollow them, but it's important. Yeah. I'll even depending on the relationship, but sometimes if I'm going to make a move like that, I'll reach out to the person and say, Hey, I want to let you know, you know, if you notice I'm not around anymore on social media or whatever, I care about you. You're important to me. However, you know, there's some things going on where got to back off. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Like, yeah. well, you know, what, what you're posting isn't going where I'm going. It's going a different direction. I haven't had to do it often, but a, a couple of times and um, there were still important people to me, but I couldn't relate to them in that kind of way anymore. 
Yeah. And now you can even mute people. So they don't even yeah. see that you've correct. You'd have done that mute, mute for 30 days. <laughs> yeah. Nope. They're still crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Back Cause people get, they go sideways if they see that you unfollowed them. I yes. mean, it's, it's incredible. It really um, is. It really is. But it's, it's so important that, you know, again, within our group and this other group, we were talking about as, since this is a dad podcast is, you know, the importance of our kingdom and how do we lead our kingdom? So our kingdom is our family, at least in my opinion. Yes. And we were comparing Saul versus David and how they each Ooh. led their kingdoms. So they both were anointed. So yep. one of the things that I at least comment on is that as men, and I think as people, we always want to know what's our purpose What's our anointing? What was I called here to do? And when we started making the study, you know, I understand clearly now I was anointed and called to be my wife's husband and my children's dad. End of story. Like that's my mission. Because if I fail there, everything else is irrelevant, in my opinion. So, and, and, and while you're on family, jump yeah. in. Tammy's your wife. Yes. Oh, yes. So Tammy's my wife. We've been married 15 years. And then my son Deuce is 13. And then my daughter Lorelai just turned 11. There we go. There we go. We're going to jump in there. Yeah, give them recognition for sure. So so frame frame reference, folks, that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Long marriage, great kids. And uh, yeah, you've got to focus on taking care of leading and protecting the family and the kingdom. So so continue. Yeah. yeah. and, And so for me, I never thought about it that way. So we all think, okay, well, I'm the leader of the house. I'm the dad. I'm the husband. It's my thing. But whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, challenge that. We all think that. I kind of disagree. Well, so I, quite a few of us think mom's the leader of the house, or at well, least she's the one that runs the show. Right. Well, that's the, that's the thing. We tell ourselves that we are, but in reality, we push responsibility to the, to the wife and the mother. And so she I takes agree. it. And she takes it. Mm-hmm. And we are like, cool. I got one less thing to do. And there were a man child. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's what it comes down to. We just want to be mothered. And women kind of fight over that a little bit. What do you mean? You're the leader or yeah. why are you saying you lead your household? I do too. I do all the stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, why are you getting, I hear this from women and kind of in the business world where I hang out, not many, but a few. And I'm like, why are you? passionate about this? Why are you thinking like, what do you, where do you think my position is coming from? So how would you respond to something like that? Well, I think one, my wife and I are in this together. Yes. So when I say that this is my kingdom, it does not diminish her role at all because mm-hmm. she's critical and extremely important and we're even partners. So she has her strengths that she leads. I have my strengths that I lead with. And together, we're trying to create a, a good functional family unit. We, you, one person can't do it all, nor should they have no, to. Correct. And if the other one's not carrying their weight, then that's another challenge and another thing to go through. Where I think a man's role is, is we have to be confident and we have to be strong in our faith and meek, just like Jesus tells us to be to be that partner with our wife and not have this hubris thinking, well, I'm the man I'm in charge, or you just roll over and let the other person run over you. So 
that's my perspective. And when you look at Saul and David, you kind of have that. You have, they both were anointed and Saul fell away from that anointing because he was so worried about what the people thought. And yes, like, how was he going to be perceived by the people? And, you know, when he talked about, well, you know, I have my thousands and David has his 10,000s, you know, so it was a, he was coming from a place of insecurity. And for me personally, I'm not going to speak about anybody else as I suffered from that for many years, from all of my life, I had a really bad insecurity problem, which led to a lot of really bad decisions. So as I've put God first in my life, and I realize that under no circumstances will he ever reject me, my insecurities are going away. I'm learning how to manage those because I continue just to lay it at the foot of the cross. It's just like, here, take it. And then when, and that's one of the things that David did is that he accepted the anointing. He was not perfect by any means, but he repented and turned back where Saul never repented and turned away and he lost his kingdom. And I, and, and for me, when I started thinking about so many different people in their relationship within their own homes, how often does that happen? And so to me, the key point is, is accepting the anointment that has happened, but then realizing when you make mistakes, because you will in levels of severity, it's repenting and turning away from that and going back to what you were called to do. And that was, that would be to be a strong male figure within the home and understanding of what you needed to do to set the tone for the home. And just like my wife can set the tone for the home. So it's, again, it's not dependent upon one person and just thinking about it that way, really. And that this has just happened over the last couple of weeks about the anointing part, it's really helped me have a new sense of responsibility and excitement about the role and how much God has put on me by giving me a wonderful wife and two amazing children and a great brother and a great mom, great in-laws. You know, so I have all these people now that I've been called to be a part of. And that's been, again, for me, is I reprioritized everything where it's God first, family second, and then works a distant third. And so many times it's work first, family second, and then God's a distance third, you know, maybe on Sundays, hmm. maybe occasionally when you talk to some of your friends, but it's not there. And Dan, I'm telling you, I know you've experienced this as well. I don't know from a priority thing, when you put God first, everything else falls into an alignment and my life is better than it's ever been. Hands down. Absolutely. Without a doubt. hundred percent. Years ago, somebody asked me, they go, there's something different about you. I said, okay, where are you going? I said, you just have a way of just kind of being you. You don't really care what anybody else thinks. You're kind, you're thoughtful. You look out for others. You just have a way of, you know, there's no hidden agenda. Like the trust was where she went with it. She goes, you just have a way where people just trust you instantly. Just how does that happen? And I thought about it for a bit. I was like, I don't know. Like you just, you know, are you? And I'm like, you know, you got, like you just said, I'm like, well, you know, start your day with God and pray. And I don't really have any major sins in my life that I'm trying to hide from anybody else. Um, today, humility was the devotional we're in inside of the group. We're doing a, we do a devotional every day. 
Ryan Bailey had a fantastic prayer on there today, this morning. And in this, uh, in this humility devotional, obviously it talks about the opposite. It talks about pride. And I'm like, wow, you know, it's really cool that a lot of people say, Dan, you're so humble and on, on, on. Perfect. Receive that. What could that give you? Mm-hmm. Pride. <laughs> I'm so humble. I'm the most humble guy you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. And, and reading this devotional, I'm, I'm kind of doing this audit. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been discovering that there are certain areas that I do put myself first. I take control and am responsible for outcomes that I have zero control over. Mm -hmm. So it's things that could be healthy. I'm applying in unhealthy ways. And today it just revealed itself again. I'm like, wow, okay. Here's a couple areas that I did not realize I'm prideful in that aren't visible to everybody else. These are just my own private ways of thinking. They may see the effects of the way I was thinking about them, but they might not be able to identify and point it out where Mm -hmm. in this reading, it was talking about oftentimes people that have that puffed up pride and ego can't see it themselves, but everybody else can. (laughs) We think we're fooling everybody. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. Having, having a group of guys going through that. And then today that was just hit me. So, and it's funny talking about humility and then talking to you, I see all the different things that you do running wise and endurance wise and fitness wise and the podcast that you have and just like your life. I'm like, man, this guy's awesome. What a great guy. And he could be all about me, like, but he's not. I try not to be. And that's where your point, you know, hearing that that's that other side of humility of, you know, going, okay, well, yeah, you know, that's, that's great. And for me, it's a, been a process to say that it's not me. I'm trying to do things that allow either my story to come through, but more importantly, that Christ story comes through and that, that we are all challenged. We're all, we all have these different things that we have to do in life, but you have to do them being Christ centered. And none of us can get through any of this stuff without him. And my wife and I, at the beginning of August for the first two weeks, we had COVID and it fortunately by God's protective hand, it wasn't severe but it's still something I would not recommend anybody go through. (laughs) It was not a fun process. What it did for me though, and I feel like in so many times you see in your lowest part is when you can get closest to God. So I don't want to forget that. And so I knew there was absolutely nothing I could do about tomorrow and where my body would take and where COVID would take my body. And so I just really planted my feet in that exact moment because you talked about humility. Anxiety is one of my recurring sins that I have is at the beginning, you hear all these stories and they're like, by day six, you're going to go this way or you're going to go that way. And so that was a lot of anxiety because now I'm sick, my wife's sick and my two kids are upstairs. And fortunately, they never had any symptoms but I'm going, okay, at what point am I going to go to the hospital and have to be intubated? I'm like, stop it. Stop. You need to be right now in this moment with Jesus. Cause I know 100% he's right here next to me. And it was prayer all day. I had really bad brain fog. So it was challenging for me to even, you know, I read my, my Bible daily still, but really processing anything was very challenging. 
but I prayed without ceasing like all day, but it wasn't a make me feel better. It was thank you for bringing me to this point to allow me to really be here now with you. And, you know, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven and just protect me through this allow the Holy Spirit to come in my body to protect me from, from COVID. Um, and thank you for giving me the ability to fight it. And so I had a friend that reached out and he's like, look, you're fighting this every day, even though you feel like garbage, you and God are still fighting COVID every single day. And you're strong and your body through the Holy Spirit is defeating COVID. And that was my thought that I thought, and I, I firmly believe and have the faith that that's what got me and my wife through that was that constant prayer of we're getting through this. Our body is defeating this. Yes, it may be awful today, but it's just part of it. And when you think about life is we have those days that we're just sicker than others, but it doesn't mean that you're giving up or you're, you've been defeated. It just means your body either physically or spiritually is having to fight harder today to keep moving forward. And so we moved forward every day. We took our vitamins, you know, so we did all the nutrition things that we needed to do to help. And so it's like COVID could be bad. And I honestly don't know, Dan, how anybody gets through COVID without having the idea of Jesus being with us. It would have been such a lonely place to be and a scary place to be if I didn't have him with me. Oh, for sure. All right. So you being on the inside of COVID about three weeks ago, my brother almost died. Mm. And so I was on that side of it where we could only text. He couldn't talk. He was really, really, really close. And I was receiving texts like, Hey, by the way, my will is updated. Mm. I'll send you a copy. Hey, tomorrow, I hope that my three-year-old has a daddy. I'm like, oh my goodness. So I felt isolated. I felt alone. I felt mm-hmm. like there's got to be something that I can do. And I'm sure you're already at the same conclusion of the one thing that we actually could do. Uh, turns out I actually was buying vitamins and canned oxygen and things like that, like essential supplies in addition to prayer. Mm-hmm. But I recorded a few weeks back and released it on the podcast. Like I wasn't sure my brother was alive when I was recording and talking about going through that process. So being on the inside of it and being super close to somebody that's, you know, struggling big time. Oh my goodness. Like that until you're in that situation, it's harder to understand, especially Mm -hmm. when younger and healthier, you know? Right. It's just one of those things because I don't watch the news. So we talked about filtering negative things out. So, but you still hear all the stories around you and it all trickles in Mm -hmm. and that, in and of itself, like if it was just, Hey, it's COVID, it's kind of like the flu, but then you hear all this other stuff on top of it. It just creates just this chaos. Cause several weeks before we lost uh, a friend, lost her husband to COVID. So like, I'm thinking of that (laughs) and thinking about the children that he left behind and he was relatively healthy as well. So again, it's just such a, to me, it, it's a good for us as Christians to really sit back and think about it and realize that the only thing we can do is be ready every day. We don't know. Nobody's time is guaranteed. The only thing that we know is that, you know, if you and when you accept Jesus as your savior, that you'll live forever. 
and the, you know this is not our home and in just giving giving our family giving our children our wives to god and saying look your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and these are yours i'm yours and i just want to be a good steward of them and a good steward of of me while i'm here and however long that i'm allowed to be here i'm appreciative of it and you know moving forward that's just kind of what i did every day and just thinking of and I still, and I, I did it before and I did it then is that I'm just thankful. He let me open my eyes this morning. <laughs> I mean, we're not guaranteed to open our eyes every morning, but we take that so much for granted. And we take the, the family members around us for granted that we shouldn't, and we need to be loving, love God first and love your neighbor and be proactive and be that good neighbor. Don't wait somebody, wait for somebody to be the good neighbor to us or wait for our kids to tell us that they love us or our wives to tell us that they love us or our friends. We need to tell them because we can't have the regret of, I haven't said that to them. I haven't encouraged them. I haven't told them. I haven't prayed with them. You know, all these things that I'm guilty of it. So I'm not preaching that I, I do it all the time. It's just, it's great that we have that opportunity to encourage each other and to have these moments to where you just kind of take a deep breath and go, wow, I needed that kick in the pants because I was not doing the things that I should do. That was a big takeaway for me was, you know, when my brother's going through that and I'm feeling helpless, doing what I can, praying and like, wow, let me reach out. Let me like, there's people that I should be mm-hmm. loving on that I haven't been in the way that I, that I should be Aaron Walker, big A, he's don't shit on yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> don't shit on yourself. But with that, the interactions you have and the intentionality about it. And just, I realized I hadn't talked to my brother for, you know, a few weeks. Like, Oh my gosh, that's, you know, a while, you know, mm-hmm. I, sh- I should connect with him more often goofy thing, but I was texting with my parents. My parents often text an email versus phone call when it's incoming. And my communication with them is usually a phone call to them and we're texting throughout this crisis. And I realized, oh my goodness, even though my brother can't talk live, my parents sure can. Yeah. And so I called them, you know, called them. I just stopped everything I was doing. I called them like, Hey mom, I just want to see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And she goes, Oh, and she, she started talking and then she backed up. She goes, hold on. Did, did you say how I'm doing? I said, yeah, how you're, how you're actually feeling. Like, uh, I really would like to know what you're feeling right now and you know how that is. And she goes very quickly, instantly goes, oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> My mom is uh, meek, humble, other focus, just an amazing saint of a woman. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to unload. She's mad. Yeah. So she goes, here it is. I'm speaking for me and your father. We feel numb. Mm-hmm. I went, okay. I'm like that's a pretty accurate word. And she said, we feel so numb, not only mentally, but also physically. Like mm-hmm. we can't even really feel our bodies right now. We're in a place that is so uncomfortable and out of the ordinary. And I'm like, wow, what a great, summary of what this feeling is at this current time. We talked for a little bit longer. She's like, are you going to go work or anything today? Or what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I'm in the parking lot. (laughs) I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. I don't really know what I'm going to do, but that numb feeling 
when you're in that extreme crisis, that mm-hmm. is how I felt. And the only thing that was giving me strength was I knew God was with me and, mm-hmm. you know, I was leaning on him. Yeah. And that's all we can do. And that's what I would encourage people to do as well is when you feel that nudge and you hear that, call your brother, mm-hmm. call your brother. Yes, <laughs> if, yes. If it's you just all of a sudden you're like, man, Dan's on my mind. And how often do we just dismiss that? But to me, I think that's the Holy Spirit telling you, Dan needs a call from you. Because how many times have you listened to that nudge? You made the call, you sent the text and just told somebody, hey, man, I just want to let you know that I love you. And you, you get, I would say, almost nine times out of 10, if the people are honest, holy smokes, I really needed to hear that today because that's answering the nudge. That's answering, you know, our call to help somebody at that moment. And so if you hear that, and I've got friends that just laugh at me, like, oh, I guess you got the nudge. It's like, because <laughs> I would tell them, because I had one friend, I just heard every day, just, just tell him that you love him. And so I would just text every time I heard, I heard it, I felt it, I would send it to him. And he's like, what is up, dude? I was like, I don't know, man. I just keep getting this feeling that I'm supposed to tell you that I love you and remind you of that. And so I'm telling you that he's like, well, cool. I appreciate it. (laughs) You know? And so then we, you know, we had this thing and then out of the blue and he's like, well, what's up? You okay? I was like, yeah, I just got a nudge today. So if this conversation can lead to anything, it's helping encourage people. When you hear that, you're not hearing it by choice. As long as it's positive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, tell somebody something else that's not, the Holy Spirit. But if it's, you know, something that's promoting love and and just caring and compassion, that's the right voice you need to listen to because it's there for a reason. You're being prompted for a reason. And so like with my kids and with my wife, any of that stuff that circles through and it comes in my head, it's coming out because I want them to know. I'm not sure how this plays in, but expectation. So one of the challenges last night was dance party and whatever that means in somebody's family. So I've got a nine and seven-year-old, both daughters. So this should be easy. (laughs) Plant the seed the night before my nine-year-old says, dad, I'm nine now. Dance party's over with. That was so last year. That's not happening again. Get my other daughter involved in the conversation. She's like, well, wait a second. I get to pick the song. I'm seven. And like, dad, you're going to do. And she gets this mischievous grin on her face. Girls just want to have fun. That's the song we're going to do. <laughs> and you're going to dance to it. And you're going to sing <clears> to it. And we're going to have a great time. And we're going to do it in your room, not ours. And, you know, okay. So I think the setup's there. Well, tired after school. And there's an event they got to get to that wasn't planned the day before. It was just one of those impromptu things to connect with a family member. And it was great. Well, then the day got shrunk and we didn't do dance party. And I told my daughter who's into challenges and feats of strength and gymnastics and competing and all that. And I'm like, I didn't do the challenge today. And she goes, dad, you don't have to do a challenge every day. I said, but like, that's the thing. That's like, and she goes, dad, you don't have to do a challenge. You don't need to do that. I said, okay, what do I need to do? She goes, you know, eat, sleep, drink, pee, poop. (laughs) That's what you need to do. (laughs) I I love kids. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, dad, let it go. And I'm like, so funny how you get messages from God. There you go. I hear yeah, you. And man, I'm telling you, it comes from our kids because there's no filter. 
There's none. Yeah. And it's, there's so much wisdom in our kids that it, we just have to listen to and take them serious. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I felt pride. Mm-hmm. I'm leading this challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm setting the pace. I guess God is setting the pace, but he's using me through this. Mm-hmm. And here I am on day two, <laughs> failing at accomplishing the job. So what I did to make up for it, she's got a little tablet out, music's playing and everything. So I just start dancing right there with her. There <laughs> she's you like, go. Dad, I'm trying to watch this. Quit bothering me. Leave me alone. <laughs> and you know how dads can be. So I start messing with her. I'm like, there's the music again. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll go out in public and just have fun with it. You know, dad, you're embarrassing me again. (laughs) Like, awesome. Like, that's my job. That's a parent's job is to embarrass our children. Dad win right there. But I recognize it. I'm like, it's that pride factor. You know, I'm supposed to accomplish this. And you know what? It's just not happening. And things I'm not, that aren't in my control, such as my two daughters and my wife. My wife would have gone along with it if I could have move right. the daughters to doing it, but I couldn't. <laughs> and I want to force them. And so ultimately at the end of the night, I'm like, there's my, there's my lesson. <clears throat> I did the attempt. I, I stayed true to the spirit of it. And at the same time, there was a lesson for me to learn. So anyway, it's. <laughs> and you gave yourself grace. I think so often if we mess up when we have these challenges, I know for me, I would beat myself up. I would be yeah. day two and I've already failed. I'm done. You know, I can't, you know, and then you beat yourself up over and over and ruminate on those thoughts. And if I hope everybody listened to what you had to say is you processed it and you move past it. You didn't beat yourself up over it. And we have to be good at giving ourselves grace. We always talk about giving somebody else's great, giving them grace and forgiving them. But when I fail, I have to forgive myself and do like David did, repent, turn away, and then refocus and get back on mission. And that's what I heard you say. And that's such an important thing that many of us and I failed at for so many years. And I still will find myself, but I'm getting better. I'm getting much, much better at not beating myself up because I don't have to be perfect because I will never be perfect. That's an acceptance of humility that is important of going, okay, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I'm going to mess up and being able to admit that and then moving on. A lot of us are good at admitting that we're failing at something, but we're not good at moving past it and taking those lessons learned. Oh yeah. Yeah. 20 years ago, 10 years ago. No, it's it's nice getting a little bit older. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. This gray was earned. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned two things earlier. You mentioned, and these are both in the challenge. So it's kind of funny as you're just talking, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. I try to live by that. That one's a pretty simple one. Hey, Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? They tried to trick them Mm -hmm. into picking one. And it goes back with love God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, so that's so good. So I, I've been weaving that into the challenges. The theme is love is the theme. So if you come from a mindset of love, love drives out fear and mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be, have fear. We're not supposed to be anxious. It happens. And just reading the verse, be not afraid. Don't be anxious. Makes me anxious. <laughs> right. So trusting in God and everything. But another one you mentioned, and here's the challenge. The challenge is say the Lord's prayer on your knees. Mm. And for me, the hardest part of the Lord's prayer is 
if it's your will. Right. It's control. That's the the part. No, no, no. I I want the control. Like, and somebody pointed that out to me in the Lord's prayer. Like, what do you do when you get there? Like, you know, I just kind of go right through it. (laughs) Now, every time I get to that spot, I take it in. And like, that's a a hard hitting, like, God, I want this. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Look at your will. (laughs) Right. Right. Now, and that, that is, that's the hard, it's the, the control. It's, it's a false sense of security that we're in control. None of us are in control, whether you believe in God or not, nobody's in control. You know, you, everybody talks about, well, I want to work with this large organization because I feel like it's got better job security. No, you know, I live like Disney's less than a mile through that window. Oh, no way. I'm going to come hang out with you in February. Come on, come on. (laughs) Well, so this whole neighborhood's full of Disney employees and this whole area is full of Disney employees. They have, I think, almost 100,000 employees just in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't tell me last year when they furloughed 75% of them because nobody thought that, hey, I'm going to go work for Disney and then I'm going to be at risk of losing my job. And there's still some that haven't been called back. And it's just a false sense of security. And that's what control will do is if you think that, okay, I'm going to be safe because I go to X, you're fooling yourself. And so if it's your will, it's hard because we want to do it, but it's like, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, what I'm trying to program my brain is, is that I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. And thinking again, giving it to him and allowing him to help me go through this and say, okay, the only thing I can do is live like you want me to do work, like you want me to do. And you're going to take care of the rest because I don't have any control over what my boss decides because, you know, their perception of me and what I'm doing, I don't know. Like he's, they have their own filter that they're looking at at things through and their own perception of, of everything that they bring into a decision-making, I I can't do anything about that. I can just work really hard. I can perform at at a level that I feel God would be proud of. And that's it. That's all I can do. We had a previous guest that was on and uh, he ran Thomas Nelson, the publishing division of Thomas Nelson, like pretty cool job, safe, Mm -hmm. secure, made lots of money, all this stuff. John Eldred calls him one day and says, Hey man, I want you to come with us. I want you to join us. I want you to be on the team meaning quit your job and move halfway across the country. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Comfortable. I'm good. Like I'm, I'm in my lane. I'm, I'm good. He goes, Hey, before you say no, um, ask God, pray to God, pray on it. Talk tomorrow. Cause God told me that you're the guy on my team that I need. And God told me you're going to join us. So before you say no, just, just pray on it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right. Catch you later. Bye. So next thing you know, he's like, honey, I think God's telling me I got to quit my cushion, comfortable job, take a big pay decrease, go work with John. And we're moving halfway across the country. Yeah. And they prayed on it together. And that's the move. He's like, I couldn't believe within 48 hours, my life radically changed that much. So that control part that you're talking about. And he goes, I'm so glad that it happened. My life is so much better now. That, right. You know, yeah. It's powerful. It's really powerful. And there's, I mean, you could go on and on with examples all day long of just those particular type things. So you've got to be kind of a systems guy and process guy, or at least if you're not, 
I know you have those in you where mm-hmm. you've at least grown to appreciate what they can do in your life. Can you talk about that a little bit and maybe even throw some important things that you've got that you currently use and how, how you do a few things? Yeah, so I'll give, I'm looking at my Bible app. So I'll give a, a very simple process example. So when I made my shift, like I said, to put God first, I knew the importance of being a daily Bible reader yep. and I was not. I mean, I would occasionally read from every now and again. So I downloaded the Bible app and uh, the Uversion Bible app. Yep. yep. And so it pops up with a daily Bible verse every day. So I committed, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for a week. I'm going to look at, I'm just going to read the one that pops up, read it, and then go about my day, drink my coffee. And that was kind of the the process. And so that was 1,252 days ago. (laughs) And so I have a streak that I have opened the Bible app and read that Bible verse every day for 1,252 days. That's awesome. And what that simple verse of the day has done is it's led into, oh, wait, they've got devotions here. Let me read this devotion. And then it's, well, let me read these two devotions. Oh, you can invite people? Let me read this devotion with friends. And it has compounded to where this year, and I know you've sent a lot of invitations for me. I'm in a reading the Bible in 365 yes, days. Yes, with I'm doing Nikki that right Gumbel. now. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that's been unbelievable to be able to go through. I think we're on day 265 or something like that. And that's what just reading one daily Bible verse a day has compounded and allowed. Again, the devil wants a crack. God wants a crack too. just give him an inch and he will continue to create opportunities to pour into your life. And that's what's happened to reading a daily Bible verse, going into devotions, having a men's Bible, go into a men's Bible study, starting a virtual men's Bible study, starting a, a virtual men's group, you know, so just all these different things have come from just being intentional to read that Bible verse every single morning. What else are some things that you're in your processes? So that one's core. And I'm assuming that one happens in the morning every day because that's how it happens. And then that led to prayer in the morning. Those were the core foundations where I start my morning with the Bible and prayer. Yeah. That's every morning bar none. The other part that I've worked into, and I'm not as consistent, I was like to because of, you know, again, I'm making excuses, but work kind of clutters things if it gets busy. Yeah. But I write down... What am I grateful for yep. each day? What do I want to do less that day? And then how do I want to be seen as that day? So those are three things, again, that I'll do at any point during the day, because I just try to get, if I can't get it done in the morning, I just want to get it done. And so again, it's reprogramming my brain. I think processes wise, I'm careful of what podcasts I listen to. I'm careful of what music that I listen to. Early on, I wrote a standard out that when I joined the Dad's Edge, it helped me refine what that is. I don't memorize things that well, um, word for word. So I have it written like everywhere. Again, one of the processes is I would do post-it notes around my mirror just to read and then just constantly Mm -hmm. reprogram my thought process. Because if I don't, the negativity easily overwhelms me. And so what I've learned over the, the time is consistency is key doesn't have to be big. It just has to be consistent. So mm-hmm. what I started with was I live a Christ-like centered life focused on loving others. 
I'm grateful for the abundance I have in every aspect of my life. I maintain a high level of integrity to live as a good example to others and keep promises I make to myself. I will be confident in who I am and what I stand for. And then Galatians 2.20 is my verse. And so I have that here next to my desk. I've got it taped to my bathroom mirror. I have it at my desk at my office. So I have it everywhere to just continue to remind myself how I want to show up today and who I want others to see. And that's Christ through me. And so that's part of my process that helps lead to the progress that I've made over the course of you know several years. Did it happen overnight? No. Is it a work in progress? Yes. But my process is just being intentional and being consistent. You know, one of the other funny things that again, about keeping promises to myself is we're quick to break promises we make to ourselves. So then we just get into the habit of not keeping them. So I love your 30 day challenge is that's going to allow people at the end of 30 days to evaluate how many times did I break a promise to myself and what led to that? So then you can start to identify the triggers that led to you not doing what you wanted to do. So one of the the simple things that I did was I'd gone to the dentist And how often have we gone to the dentist every single time? And they go, so how many times do you floss? (laughs) Or how frequently do you floss? I I I feel like I need to confess. Yeah, it's like, well, I did it last (laughs) night before I came. Does that make a difference? (laughs) That was probably the only time in six months that I'd flossed. Or maybe if I got something stuck in my teeth. And I started thinking about that. I was like, it's something so simple. And, you know, dentists say, floss the teeth you want to keep. And so I put, okay, I want to start flossing daily. So I wrote it on a post note, said floss daily, stuck it on my mirror. I think I'm two years into flossing. I would say 99% of the time, there's been a few days like with COVID, I didn't floss my teeth, yeah, yeah. but I thought about it and I go, oh, I'd negotiated and said, I'm just not going to floss my teeth. I just don't feel like it, but at least it, it was in my head, Yeah. but it's just that active process of seeing it and saying, okay, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it. Today. When do you, totally goofy question, but when do you floss at night before I brush? <laughs> there you go. See? Yeah. So kind of atomic habits, James clear, hundred percent. you put little things, your habit stack, little things. So I specifically ask, when do you do it? Knowing you were going to have a specific answer. Yep. You don't build consistency without having a program, a system, a, a consistent time, a consistent rhythm to doing something. Yeah. And then one of the other areas is I wanted to get into the habit of praying before every meal, regardless if we're in our home or at a restaurant. So I wrote what if you're a by yourself. What's that? What if you're by yourself? I still pray. And so I wrote a post-it note said, pray before every meal. And it didn't happen overnight, but I got to the point now where even if people have taken bites out of their food, I'm like, let's stop, let's pray. Now my kids, which is really cool is don't take, you know, I can hear them correcting each other. Dad hasn't prayed yet, or we haven't prayed yet, yes. which is great. And then another one started with praying out loud with my wife. That was weird. Oh man. Talk about with. that. Talk about that. Yeah. And so I had a friend talk about praying with their wives and I'm like, you know what? I lay down in bed and I close my eyes and I pray, but then we don't pray together. And so I started out because it was just so awkward, which is weird. It's my wife. Right. Um, but when the lights were off and we were in the bed, then that's when I would pray. And I was like, okay, I just need to pray with her every night for three weeks. Like that was my commitment to myself. And 
we got into the point when, and sometimes we don't go to bed at the same time. I tend to go to bed earlier than she does, but then I'll try to, then if, again, if I'm not caught up in the day, then I'll sit on the couch with her and we'll pray before I go to bed. And so it's something that we've put an importance on that we commit to do it. And now I don't feel weird sitting next to her on the couch with the lights on and praying where before it was, would have been very weird and awkward. And and that's a me thing. It's not a her thing. She never made me feel awkward about it. And I would encourage every dad that has a wife to do that and, and start praying with them and praying for them and thanking God out loud with them right next to you for them. And it's such a, a good habit to get into because that's part of that spiritual leadership that if they're not doing it, then we need to do it. And then that can encourage them and help their walk with God and help them strengthen their prayer life. And then you removing that potential weird awkwardness that if they feel compelled to pray out loud with you or for you, then they will. And it is such a beautiful bridge because God's in the center. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So funny. That one's like my kryptonite. I inconsistently individually pray with my wife when the kids are around. Great. Wonderful. Easy. When it's only me and my wife, I get that fear. You know, what about rejection? What about, you know, what if I say something that's on my heart and then it, you know, the reaction that may come back or what if I make her feel bad about something or what if whatever, whatever it is that's going on. It's like, I I stop short of being vulnerable and uncomfortable with my wife talking to God. I'll, I'll do it individually, but if she's present and hears me without, for whatever reason, the kids give me a safety buffer zone where I'm pretty unfiltered and feel pretty good about it. But when it's just me and her, I've heard like people's greatest fear is public speaking. I've heard that they would rather be in the casket than be the one given the eulogy. And I, I'm like, I think actually it's individually praying with our wife is actually our greatest fear. It's even more so than the fear of public speaking. Yeah, it's true. And it's weird. If you don't think about it or you don't do it, you won't feel that awkwardness and realize like, wait a minute, that's why I haven't done it. It's an insecurity that I have about doing it has prevented me from doing one of the most precious things of love that you can do. And we were challenged and, and I've had several friends share this with me and, and I picked this up from somebody. So this is another process that I have is that it's two pastors. And so whenever they would go out to eat, they would ask the server, Hey, we're getting ready to pray for our food. Is there anything that I can pray for you while we're doing it? And he's like, nobody's ever turned us down. He's like, maybe one person, but very rarely does anybody turn us down. And so when I first heard that, I was like, I love that. But boy, does that scare me to death. I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that. So then I thought, okay, but how can I do it that would fit me right now? Mm Because it's a beautiful thing to do. So then I just started thinking of core friends that I had that I could text. Say, hey, look, I'm trying to really be more intentional in my prayer life. Is there anything that I can pray for Mm. you this week? And, you know, and some of them, you can tell the ones that want to continue to you know, have you pray for them. Cause it's, you get some that are just like, just for my family and thanks man, or no, I'm good. And then you have others that type out this big, massive paragraph and you're like, okay, they needed me to ask them. And then what would happen is 
I would text and if I didn't get a response, because some of my friends aren't good at texting back, I didn't get a text and I would look and I was like, okay, I texted them every Monday. So I have an alert in my phone. Every Monday I send this out because I don't want to forget about it. There we and, go. Systems and processes. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the list has grown. It's it's grown. It's gotten bigger, then it's gotten smaller. And you know, people pop on and they pop off because if I don't see a response, then I take them off. So I had a good buddy that I wasn't getting a response from. And he's again, he's just not great at text. It's not just him intentionally not replying back. And then all of a sudden I get this text out of the blue. He's like, Hey man, I don't know if you're still doing your daily prayers, but I could really use one today because I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> and and even you know my cousin he was like look i know i don't respond to you every time like he proactively reached out during the week and said look i know i don't normally reach out and and respond to you but know that that means a ton to me that you're thinking of me enough to want to pray for me because i still pray for him whether they give me anything yeah. specific or not but again as christians i feel that that we have we've been called to also intercede and, and pray for other people because prayer is so important and it can be exhausting as well. Cause then you just see all these different things. And most people are just asking for prayer for challenges that they're experiencing mm -hmm. in their life. And so sometimes I'll even be specific is like, what blessings can I pray for? Or what gratitude can I pray for that's happening in your life? So I'm trying to reprogram their thought yes. process of not always just pumping the negative, but Let's look at what, what good is God doing in your life today and this week? And then sometimes, you know, when, when Afghanistan happened, I was like, Hey guys, I'm just giving you FYI. If there's anything specific, that's fine. But this week I'm praying for Afghanistan and everything that's going on for that. And I ask you to do the same. And Absolutely. so I'll pass that on as well. And, and again, I use the reminder app on my phone that it's 10 o'clock on Monday morning. I get an alert says prayer request. And so then I know to start pounding out the, the text messages and get them out. And so little things like that can make a huge difference in someone's life and can lead them to a stronger relationship with God. So don't minimize what a simple, hey, can I pray for you this week can do to someone's life, because that's an opportunity for you to now show your faith and your confidence in what praying to God can mean and what it can do in someone's life. And so I've seen people shift and see people do things differently because of it. And then from that, as we're talking about growth and just doing something simple, now, if I have a friend it's like, hey, man, I've got this going on and this going on, you know, just please keep me in your prayers. And nine times out of 10, usually I used to say, I got gotcha. you. I'll be praying for you. We hang up the phone and we go. And so now what I'm trying to do is like, okay, hey, you got a quick minute and I'll say a prayer right now. Let's pray right now. And yes. I've had people do that to me that have brought me to tears. And then, you know, I've done it. It gives me the sense of, you know, God is so good and God is so awesome that, you know, he just made a huge impact on this person's life because they felt the prayer and the faith that I had and what God can do that can dramatically impact somebody. So, you know, those are just, I just rambled on for probably 20 minutes, but those are just some of the things that I, I try to do from a process perspective, help change my life for the better, and then also help change other people's lives as well. So I took two things from that personally. So that, that conversation just helped me personally. 
I was talking about fear of public speaking. Well, I used to be afraid to hold a microphone or even just stand up in front of a crowd and say, hi, my name's Dan. Glad to be here. Terrified of that. But I knew if I professionally was going to be successful and reach the level I wanted, I had to figure that out and I had to get past it. One of the ways to get past it was just purely doing it and gaining some experience. And the first time was the scariest. The second time wasn't a scary kind of a thing. I'm like, you know what? If I want to be successful professionally, I also want to be successful with my wife and my marriage. And I want to be successful as the spiritual leader of my house. And I want to get to heaven. And a key to that would be praying with my wife. Mm -hmm. So if I could do it over here, which is most people's greatest fear, this fear in my mind is a little bit even higher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And why don't I just apply that same mentality there and get consistent with that? So that helped out quite a bit. You mentioned when somebody just stops and says, Jeff, can I pray for you right now? Do you have a second or do you have a minute? I'd like to pray for you right now. And then doing that, I've had people do that for me. And I think, wow, I can, can't believe they're doing this for me. And you mentioned it you know, brings you to tears sometimes. Same for me. I'm like, huh, why wouldn't I do that for my wife? Why wouldn't I give her that feeling of mm-hmm. ultimate love, comfort, responsibility, safety, security, peace, unconditional love, like that agape type love? I'm like, wow. So uh, it's one of the reasons why I love this podcast is the realizations that me and the guests can have as we're going through and just going back and forth. And then it's recorded and being able to share that with an audience before we record every time we pray. Hey, let something good come out of our mouth that honors God. Doesn't have to be all God focused the whole time, but the point is we want to help you guys that are listening become better. And funny enough, we're becoming better as we're recording this podcast. So Mm -hmm. like, this is so cool. So any parting thoughts? And then I always like to ask the guests to throw out a challenge also. So if you don't come up with a challenge and these challenges are designed to be weekly. So something that they can do within a one week period before the next podcast comes out, but any parting thoughts or anything that you'd like to share with the audience? I would just say, thank you, uh, you know, for having a platform like this, where you're bringing people together and you're helping to enrich their lives by preaching the gospel. I mean, that's kind of what we just did today. Um, And so thank you for that. So that would be my parting ways or parting, parting words. And then for a challenge, I would just say what we just talked about is pray with your wife out loud every night for a week. And just, again, if you have to do it, like I started out where you're in the bed, the lights are off, Mm -hmm. you hold her hand and you just do it. Your heart's going to race the first couple of times probably, but then you'll realize that it's not so difficult and it's actually a beautiful thing. So that would be the challenge that I would issue. And you kind of had a, almost a script. Sometimes the, the difficulty with praying is it's, you can be unscripted with it, not have a clue as to what to say or how to say it or anything. And often if we can just have a script, okay, so I need to be number one with my wife, bonus points, hold her hand. Maybe it'd be nice to be in the dark. If it's comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. If that that helps make it more comfortable, but then praying for your wife was Mm -hmm. the next thing. And then the beautiful thing is literally thanking God, dear God, Thank you for my wife. Thank you for the gift. Thank you for bringing her into my life. She truly is more precious than rubies and jewels. She is just wonderful. 
And I appreciate the way she loves me, cares for me. I appreciate mm-hmm. the way she cares for my daughters, Emmy and Ollie. And I appreciate how she just takes care of the little small details of life and her is just always on top of things that I miss. You know, when it comes to, comes to my turn to do certain things, I don't even know how to do them. And right. to her, she does them without even thinking oftentimes. So God, I, I just appreciate how beautiful my wife is inside and out. And I also pray that I can give her safety and security and feel that love that you have for me. And I'd like to like to do that for my wife as well. So in your name, God, I pray. So, you know, something like that would be pretty awesome to share with your wife. Oh, for sure. No question. And it just, again, it, it just, it fills your heart because you're, you're being sincere and it will matter a lot to her as well. Yeah. There's so many, so many good things in this, this one, Jeff, we haven't even promoted you or your podcast or anything. That's nothing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I just, I want people to hear the, you know, the message of, of Jesus and of God. And I, I'm not real active on Facebook, but I'm active on Instagram. And so you'll see the post in both place. So on um, Instagram, I'm at Jeff and then the number four Esther. Um, so if they're there, I'd love to follow. I just want to, you know, again, promote positivity and you know, love and Jesus and development and all these fun things. And then it's Jeff Forrester Active Futures on Facebook. So that's enough for me, Dan. Again, I, I just appreciate the opportunity to come talk to you. I'm ready. I'm pumped up. I've got to step up my game in certain areas that I was just talking about today. And so it was a, a, a definite help for me as well. So thank awesome, you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Jeff didn't say, Hey, let's promote my podcast, promote my books, promote my health journey. None of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say, didn't let, me sh- <laughs> let me, let me shoot you my links. He didn't do any of that stuff. He's no. like, let's just have a real conversation. And you know, that was it. So I didn't. Yeah. So anyway, humility, I appreciate you sharing your journey and sharing your steps and, you know, us both learning together with each other and being able to share this with the audience. So we'll put some links for you in the show notes. So they'll be there for the guys that you don't have to write them down. You can just go to the show and and dump them in there and uh, appreciate this conversation so much. And I can't wait to edit it and listen to it. Yeah, Dan. Well, I appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of the day and a good weekend. You too. You too. God bless you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light. Shine that light out and let others see it. With you guys, part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. I hope you like the challenge and I hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.